0: The Chris cast is recorded live in front of no audience. Welcome one, welcome all. Welcome to the Chris cast. Joining me once again through the anchor app is Paul. Say hello Paul.
1: Hello, Paul.
0: And we're hoping that all the, the bad moments are done because I've had some computer issues on this end, so we're getting later start than we wanted to. like a 25 minute later start than we wanted to. But, you are creeping into my time, Chris. But Paul will forgive me because I got him a Sanderson sisters pouring bowl at TJ Maxx tonight, so i was always forgive he knows He knows his way to my heart because
1: I love me some Hocus Pocus.
0: But anyways, since we're talking about a mixing bowl, shall we go right into the food? Let's go. This is from Thrillist.com. It's not really much of a story, but... Wendy's is adding French toast sticks to its breakfast menus nationwide. Oh, oh my God, Wendy. I believe it's already done. Let's see. August 15th. Oh, yeah, favorite Home style French toast sticks. Square Patty Slinger is adding the newbie to menus with a syrup dip beginning August 15th. I'm so going by tomorrow morning and getting me some. Well the the only reason I say that's not much of a story is because it's already a staple at other fast food restaurants. Like if it were original and nobody else was doing it, but I know well, Burger King. Uh,
1: yeah, I was is not doing it and Hardy's is not doing yep. it. Botangles is not doing it. Burger King has been for a long time though. Because I don't eat very much at Burger King, because they do a lot of them croissants.
0: Anywhere, so I don't know, but I know Burger King had them unless they took them off the menu. Burger King has had them on the menu for a long time.
1: Very much for Burger King's breakfast because they do a lot of croissants, and I don't like croissants. They're too they're too buttery. I don't. It's, I don't like the texture of the croissants. I just don't like it.
0: but we'll stay on breakfast for a minute and this next one is from guiltyeats.com Rice Krispies introduces new shocking orange cereal for Halloween
1: gross
0: shocking orange Rice Krispies it's basically just Rice Krispies with orange dye I'm guessing
1: well I wouldn't like. I, I wouldn't mind trying
0: some of those Rice Krispie
1: treats made with it
0: the Rice Krispies Shocking Orange Colored Cereal is, as the name suggests, bright orange. They are still the same flavor as the original cereal, but the color makes them perfect for all the fall and Halloween snacks you'll be making over the next few months.
1: Not specifically just to eat it, eat bread, to do like, you know, like crispy and stuff like that.
0: like They've got a picture here. They've got The Rice Krispie treat balls made into pumpkins. Looks like they have a pretzel stem and then I don't know what the green leaves are made from. But it's, It's shocking orange colored cereal from Rice Krispies.
1: Cool. Oh, and by the way, I have been trying to find that Hocus Pocus cereal and I can't find it nowhere. I have looked and looked and looked. I can't find it nowhere. I don't know where to find I don't think anybody in Hickory is carrying it.
0: Well, they might I've not looked, be yet.
1: I've looked at Publix. No, it's out there for sale. It's it's out there. I've, I've already seen people putting up boxes for it on eBay. I've, I've seen... I've, I've looked at Publix. I've looked at Lowe's Foods. I've looked at Walmart. I've looked... I don't know where else to look in the hickory. I was thinking more of the... I thought maybe the high-end place like
0: Publix would have it.
1: Mm-mm. No.
0: Yeah, I, I was at Walmart in Morganton tonight and didn't look because I didn't really think about it. I was just focused on looking for my Golden Grams and getting those and going.
1: Well, the next time you're in there, if you don't mind thinking about it, I mean, if you don't mind, look for me if you don't mind.
0: I will if I think about it. Okay. The next one is another cereal. This is from WGCL Atlanta. Snoop Dogg creates new breakfast cereal called Snoop
1: Loops. I saw that on the news yesterday. That was actually on the news.
0: Yeah. There is no official release date yet.
1: He was talking about it on the news about his cereal. I just wonder if you're going to get high for me it.
0: Well, the it says Master P released an Instagram reel that showcased the Snoop Loops box and wrote about the new cereal in the caption. Quote, Broadest Foods introduces the best tasting cereal in the game, Snoop Loops. At Snoop Dogg, we're taking over the grocery stores. Snooploops.com. The more we make, the more we give. Hashtag go dis good. Hashtag family business, very delicious faux shizzle. <laughs> faux shizzle.
1: of course And that a, is
0: S-N-O-O-P-L-O-O-P-Z dot
1: com. Of course it's faux shizzle. Faux shizzle, my
0: nizzle. <laughs> well, that's, that's another breakfast cereal if you want to try it, but like I said, there's no release date mentioned yet. And something that I won't be trying, this is from Yahoo Finance. Duncan teams up with Goldfish on pumpkin spice graham cracker snack.
1: Mm, I don't know about that.
0: I can promise you I won't be getting it. And this article that I've got is an actual interview, so, well, video transcript.
1: I was thinking about going by Krispy Kreme in the morning and getting some pumpkin spice donuts as well. Yeah,
0: I'll be leaving that for you.
1: All righty, sounds good.
0: And however, moving on to desserts now because Girl Scouts have announced a new cookie for next year. Hmm. Have you seen this? No. It's being called the Thin Mint's Sister Raspberry Rally Cookie. Hmm. It looks like a Thin Mint. It's got the chocolate, but the cookie itself is raspberry red.
1: It sounds very interesting. But I, I, don't like the, I don't like raspberries, so I don't like the taste oh, I of it. Do. I don't like raspberry Pop-Tarts or anything like that. It's too tart.
0: Raspberry tea, that's some good stuff.
1: It's way too tart for me. Mm.
0: But moving on, do you want to know what Dreams taste like?
1: I imagine Coca-Cola would have it, right?
0: They do. Coca-Cola Dream World is now available. Find out what Dreams really taste like today. CNET.com.
1: Yeah, one of my friends was telling me about
0: that 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 drink coming out. But I'm seeing in the picture it's Coca-Cola Zero Sugar Dream World. Wouldn't your dreams have sugar in them? It would honey or something in them. There's it looks like there's a regular cuz there's one behind it with white writing Coca-Cola. And the one that's in front front and center is black writing Coca-Cola and says zero sugar underneath it. But the other one says Coca-Cola and then has dream flavor or dream flavored underneath that. So if you want to know what a dream tastes like, go buy you some Coca-Cola Dream World. Hmm. And my next one is from ChewBoom.com. Buffalo Wild Wings launches new... Boneless Bar Pizzas. Boneless Bar Pizzas? The Buffalo Boneless Bar Pizza features thin crust dough topped with ranch dressing, blue cheese crumbles, and mozzarella cheese, boneless wings, hand spun in medium buffalo sauce, pickled hot peppers, and chopped green onion with a medium buffalo sauce drizzle. This just sounds like no. I don't know. I like all that stuff they just said. I don't like onion. I don't like peppers. I don't want buffalo sauce, even if it's medium. Now, there is a honey barbecue boneless bar pizza. Features thin crust dough topped with honey barbecue sauce, mozzarella and cheddar jack cheeses, boneless wings, hand spun in honey barbecue sauce, bacon crumbles, pickled hot peppers, chopped green onion with a medium and honey barbecue sauce drizzle. That sounds good. Yeah, but I won't be buying them regardless. One, too much meat with no alternative. And two, I don't like the vegetables that are on it. So, Plus, I was never a big wings person, even when I did eat meat. But I got a dessert for you. What's that? It's from foodandwine.com. Miller High Life's new ice cream treats taste like a dive bar. Last year, Miller Light jumped on the food brands creating odd scented candles trend, joining the likes of Ikea's Meatball Candle, Shake Shack's Burger in the Park Candle, and McDonald's Six Candle Quarter Pounder Set. By releasing a candle that filled your home with the delightful smells of a dive bar. Now for 2022, Miller Miller High Life is hoping to is hopping on another hot trend, strange frozen treats, joining the likes of Kraft Mac and Cheese Ice Cream, grape Poupon Ice Cream, and French's Ketchup Ice Pops, which we have talked about all of those on here, mm-hmm. by releasing an ice cream bar that tantalizes your tongue with the delicious flavors of, yeah, again, it's a dive bar, but bonus, this ice cream treat actually contains alcohol. Let's tackle the big question first. What exactly do Miller High Life Ice Cream Dive Bars taste like? Well, Miller partnered with the boozy ice cream brand Tipsy Scoop, and so unsurprisingly, the frozen treats start with actual Miller High Life, the champagne of beers, which is infused into the ice cream, resulting in a final product that packs a 5% ABV punch. From there, the ice cream is given a peanut swirl in honor of the, quote, quintessential dive bar snack, as Miller describes it in the announcement. Also included is a hint of tobacco smoke flavor, And the goo caramel swirl which is intended to mimic that quote distinct sticky dive bar floor feeling yeah this just sounds more and more disgusting the further i get into it it sounds
1: just like vomit and ice cream I, i just i don't get it
0: maybe maybe they took their their cue from the harry potter any flavor jelly beans
1: i don't know but it sounds disgusting and i won't be trying it
0: I definitely won't be trying it. Did you have any food items this week or no?
1: I did try one of the uh, Mountain Dew flavors. It's a different one. Um, It says it's got pineapple flavoring in it. I forget the name of it. It's in there in the fridge because I took a drink of it. I was like, well, this is actually really good. But um, yeah, so I'm slowly making my way through all the Mountain Dew flavors. So... So the, the pineapple-flavored Mountain Dew, you're saying, is a big plus? It is. It tastes just like you're drinking Mountain Well, Mountain Dew-flavored pineapple. I mean, pineapple-flavored Mountain Dew is delicious. It's, like, it's a bright yellow color. Really pretty.
0: Yeah. Well, that's a perfect segue from something that is safe to drink but something is not safe to drink. This is from usatoday.com. Rainwater is now unsafe to drink worldwide because of, quote, forever chemicals, study suggests. Let me see. In the study published August 2nd in the peer-reviewed journal Environmental Science and Technology, researchers point to the dangers of per and polyfluoroalkyl substances, or PFAS, PFAS are a family of human-made chemicals used in countless products today, from food packaging to waterproof clothing. They can spread in the atmosphere and now are found in every corner of our Earth, including rainwater, snow, and even human blood. PFAS are dubbed forever chemicals because they can last thousands of years. Clean Water Action Notes. So, for all the naysayers... These are gonna be more health issues. We've
1: got these big barrels out here to collect rainwater in. And we use uh, the water out of that to water our plants and stuff With that's outside.
0: Well, I mean, that's, that's about all you can do with it apparently because ingesting it straight out. Of course, it's getting into the plants anyways so you are ingesting it regardless.
1: Now, what did they say that was in it, Chris? Again,
0: do what? What did they
1: water all over the world again?
0: They're dubbed forever chemicals. I've closed the article out, but it was PFAS, is how that's what I was trying to
1: understand.
0: PFAS,
1: okay, like Um, poly flag a more scientist forever chemicals so it's some kind of chemical in the rainwater
0: all over the world yeah it's man-made chemicals it's not natural occurring chemicals
1: you know i thought it was going to be i thought you know i thought that was going to be called i thought that was going to say there's microplastics in the rain
0: well there's probably that too that's probably part of the forever chemicals there but they're called forever they're dubbed forever chemicals because they can last for thousands of years Wow. So, yeah, it's another reason to recycle instead of throwing away.
1: Recycle all my plastics
0: and cardboard. Oh, I've stopped using straws at restaurants. I take my own. Bring them home, wash them, take them back. Oh, do you? Yep.
1: That's
0: interesting. I've I've done it for several months now.
1: I got to where some restaurants I just don't use a straw. I just drink off the side of the cup. Then I get kind of wigged out because I thought, mm, I am touching my lips to get something else. And then I thought, well, I'm doing the same thing with a fork. It was like, well, so.
0: Well, my whole issue with needing a straw to drink in a restaurant is the ice in the drink. I don't, I, when I drink at home, my tea is always in the fridge. So it's cold. I don't put ice in it except yeah. for when I make it. And. It's easier to navigate the ice with a straw than it is trying to drink out of side because the ice can all of a sudden fall in your face or what have you. Yeah, you you can get it better with the straw. So that's that's why I've always used the straws, and now I use reusable straws instead of. I was going to say, do you use
1: the like a really nice hard plastic, really bougie straw or
0: something? I've got silicone straws, and I've got. I think they're called, they were called acrylic when we bought them. They're a plastic type. They were Disney that we, we got them at TJ Maxx, again, Plugged for TJ Maxx. But the, we found them there and they were Walt Disney straws that, which honestly, the, the paint wears off of the straws. And like when you wash them, the, the Mickey Mouse heads and such start coming off. Yeah. So some of them are just clear now. But it came with the little wire brush that you can insert in the straw. That you can
1: insert down through there.
0: Out. So I'll wash them by hand and get them all nice and clean. and Cool. Put them in my bag and take them back. Because I carry them in a Ziploc bag, a giant Ziploc bag. I'm
1: surprised you don't do like, you know, with that Helen Hunt movie. It's called As Good As It Gets. Never watched um, it. Oh, it's a good movie. It has Jack. Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson. Then he played the Joker, like in Batman. Yeah. Well, it has That's him. That's part of the reason
0: why I didn't watch it.
1: It has him being a crazy man in it, and he goes to this restaurant every morning, and he brings his own fork and spoon in, wrapped in his own napkin, and he brings his own plate in, and his own cup every morning in this movie. And expects this restaurant to use his stuff for his food. So it's just um, it's a cute film about I think that's
0: more O C D though. Like I mean if it were paper plates and such, he'd be saving something, but they they reuse and wash the the dishes and, and silverware, so but yeah the yeah, he
1: doesn't trust their their washing methods. He brings his own in.
0: I trust them where I go eat. Because if, if I didn't, I wouldn't be eating there. Plain and where'd you, simple.
1: Where'd you go eat at the scene? In?
0: We went to Cracker Barrel because they have the Impossible Sausage. So it opens up a new run of food I can get places. Now, how often do you go out to eat during the week? We usually go out every night that I'm off. But we're, I'm going to make dinner tomorrow night. I
1: was gonna say, if you're gonna meet for dinner or something, let me know. I mean, as long as we're not doing the podcast, I can meet you. So,
0: yeah. Oh, I mean, one time if if you want to come over and do the podcast, and like if if it's a day where you have plenty of time, and
1: I was gonna say because it to from your house to my house it'll take about forty five minutes for me to get home. So
0: yeah, I was thinking maybe do the podcast in the early afternoon, one of your days off that matches up, and then. Because I can look stuff up as we go along. You can look stuff up as we go along. Okay, not, sounds good. I mean, it's it's just a thought. Maybe yeah. someday do it and then go out to eat one that night.
1: Okay, cool deal. But yeah, I've I've had
0: to get the the air conditioning worked on, and I've had to take the dog to the vet and get him checked out, which we now found out he's got a urinary tract infection. So he's got antibiotics for that, but yeah, I'm gonna have to chill on some spending for a few days because of that. And well, what was wrong with your air? Uh, the the coolant was about out, is mm. what it turned out to be. But that was about eight hundred dollars.
1: Ooh, because the refrigerant
0: itself was like a hundred and forty something a pound, is what they said. Yeah. So, I did three pounds of it. Ooh. And the work that he'd already done, because he said the, the fan was turning backwards, so he had to get it to where he could get it to where he could figure out where the problem was. But the, the coils were freezing as it was running last week. So, it's, it's been some fun, let me tell you. Of course it has. But we'll move on and... Next up from abcnews.co.com, 99-year-old woman, quote, absolutely ecstatic to meet her 100th great-grandchild.
1: 100 great-grandchildren. That's what it says. Her family has been busy repopulating the earth. Did so
0: they not have oh. anything else better to do? Yeah. It was a a once-in-a-lifetime event for Margaret Pegg Collar, also known as quote, grandmom to Christine Stokes Bauster and her husband Patrick Bauster, who was quote, absolutely ecstatic to greet baby collar William Bauster after his birth on August 4th. So I I don't know if they were Catholic. In total, the 99-year-old matriarch has 11 children, 56 grandchildren, and 100 great-grandkids. Collar was lucky number 100 and arrived a week after his due date, weighing in at 9 pounds, 6 ounces.
1: Oh, my God.
0: There's no way
1: her being, what, 99 years old, was it, Chris?
0: Yeah, she's nearing 100
1: how she could remember all of those grandchildren and great-grandchildren's names that had to have name tag? Well,
0: I mean, it depends on how often you're around them. Like, you think about all the people you work with in any place. If you're around them every day and see all those same people every day, you'll pick up everyone's name as you go along. But if you're most likely very limited access to them because i mean let's face it people have lives and great grandma's gonna be living somewhere and they're gonna be living somewhere else and life happens and you don't get to get together all that often so i'm i'm saying she's probably met all the children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren if she remembers all of their names or could pick them out of a lineup if she just saw them on the street somewhere i don't know because that would be hard for anybody
1: I wonder if she buys more Christmas presents. Then she'd go broke.
0: I would say no. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't even know if they celebrate Christmas. There's no way of knowing from this
1: article. But well, more than likely, they're probably Mormon.
0: <laughs> um, like I said, it could be Catholic, because Catholics don't do uh, birth control.
1: Neither do Mormons.
0: But so let's just say
1: oh my god I just those have been some very busy family members do they not have anything else better to do <laughs>
0: well maybe not maybe that's their favorite pastime
1: you know that's the that's the poor people's sport don't you know you've heard that have don't you
0: or that's it's the what... it's the thing you do out of boredom like when Hurricane Hugo hit. There was a boom of babies nine months later.
1: Well, I wouldn't say it was a, it was a boredom thing. It was um, when, when there's no power. I mean, what else are you going to do? Exactly. You're bored. you
0: got nothing else to
1: do. Let's sit around and And, and, and let remember Hurricane Hugo hit in, what, 1989? Now, there
0: it was were no... September 21st, 1989. There were no smartphones, there were no tablets, there nope. was no Wi-Fi, there was no cell towers with Wi-Fi, none of that. So even if you charged your phone at work, all you could do was make calls on it because they were cell phones. That was it. They were not smartphones. I don't even know if back in that time. 1989, uh, I don't think cell
1: phones was around back then, because first cell phone, the bag phone. The bag they, phone. And there was the brick. That came after that was, the bag phone. That was like mid-80s. No, it was not. Because I 19 and cell phones weren't out yet.
0: Let's and I, see.
1: And I remember seeing my first bag because I got the first cell phone. It was by tell One of the I forget what the very name. Um,
0: it was Bell South Mobility. That's who it was. Okay, and- this I looked it up on Google and Wikipedia. Motorola DynaTech. DynaTech is a series of cellular telephones made by Motorola in, from 1983 to 1994. Yeah, but we first cell phone until well, that's because you're old. Well, that's what I I looked up my old brick, that's, that's what re- when I,
1: a, I looked up old brick, cell, in 19... phone debut, oh. old brick cell
0: phone debut. it was a bag phone. Old brick cell phone debut searched in the in Google. September 21st, 1983. Yeah, and but
1: there is it, a picture of it. Yeah, but there's no way that people had to see that would make me being 11 years old having cell phones. Cell phones, you see right it? Right, I see that. What I'm saying is cell phones was not a didn't see any i was 11 years old and i don't remember seeing my first cell phone until i graduated high school
0: just because you didn't see it doesn't mean they didn't have it like remember the wrestling world paulie dangerously he had a cell phone the brick cell phone at rainside in the 80s i don't remember that yeah because jim Cornette had the tennis racket Polly Dangerously had the phone.
1: I don't and remember that
0: at all. There was the the phone that was in the briefcase. And that's what, the, that's and what a bag
1: phone is. I got a bag phone, but I didn't get that until I graduated high school and I got my very first cell phone in 1992. And that was a bag phone in the briefcase, which I've still got it. Somewhere.
0: Okay, I'm putting bag phone debut. Motorola introduced the bag phone line in 1988. So it came after the brick.
1: Yeah, and then that's when I, I got my bag phone in 1992. I'm pretty
0: sure it was 92. But this is not uh, in a briefcase. This, I mean, there's some other ones there, but the one that you're showing... Is in a literal bag.
1: No, it, that's what it is. It's a bag. It's a and I actually now that I'm thinking about it. I didn't get it till 1993 because that was my first brand new car that I bought. I bought a brand new Geo in 1993.
0: Yeah, I'm looking at briefcase cell phone. And it's pulling up the. Let's put debut in there. Well, there's versus.com has cell phone history from the first phone to today's smartphone, so if you want to take the time to find that history of I'm mobile good. phone 1973 to 2008 knowyourmobile.com It's not giving me the the date of the the briefcase cell phone but there it did have pictures of it with the bag phone so yeah yeah okay, i knew the brick i knew the brick was much older than that what's up next this is the story i was telling you about i didn't know if you saw it but you'd be interested okay. of course it, it is from the uk it's xrtoday.com royal mail honors transformers series With AR Stamps. Transformer? Yep. The UK's Royal Mail Postal Service has opened sales of its augmented reality postal stamps, Global Media reported on Sunday. The Royal Mail launched the series to commemorate British contributions to the original Transformers series, with sales launching on 1st of September, and will feature popular characters from the hit series such as Optimus Prime, Megatron, and others. The company has included an app to trigger AR-powered immersive experiences such as clips from the original program. Oh cool! Um, at Wordmongerer on Twitter posted unbelievably excited to finally announce that I worked on actual royal Mail stamps, Transformer stamps featuring art by at AP Wildman, Stephen Baskerville and me. Available from September 1st. So it's John-Paul Bove, B-O-V-E, parentheses, getting ready for TF Nation, exclamation, and close parentheses. And that is at WordMongerer, W-O-R-D-M-O-N-G-E-R-E-R, on Twitter. So if you want to see, he's got pictures there posted. I bet there'll be um, some for
1: sale on eBay. I can probably get me a sheet of them on eBay someday.
0: Well, it's it's an immersive virtual thing too, so I I'd, I'd say you'd want to go through the Royal Post Office. And I, it's not showing a cost for them, so I don't know how much it is.
1: I don't care about the immersive crap. I just want some stamps to collect. I collect really my, nice. I actually it's one of my little things I do. I do collect stamps.
0: Let me pull up the pictures so I can get a better look real quick. And I will tag you in this post so you can see it. Oh, no. That is large, but they are nice. It's two different pictures that connect for Optimus battling Megatron, one on each stamp. and all kinds of stuff there, like comic books and such. So let me tag you in there real quick so you can see when you get the chance. Okay, you are tagged on it, so you can actually seize the pictures when you get the chance to pull it up.
1: I just saw the notification. Okay, cool.
0: And that brings us to the entertainment portion, unless you have something else you want to talk about first. Mm, no. Well, you'll be glad to know that where you were upset about Netflix being too much to pay for, Disney Plus has announced A huge price increase. Oh, fuck. I believe it's $3 a month and $40 a year that they are jacking the price up. Well, I'll wait
1: till about September, then I'll cancel it.
0: This is from CNET.com. Currently in the U.S., Disney Plus's ad-free subscription is $8 a month. Starting December 8th, the ad-free subscription will go up $3 a month to $11. Simultaneously, the new ad-based membership will launch at $8 a month, the same price that Disney Plus subscribers are paying now to watch ad-free. Annual memberships are also going up in price, though still offering a discount to monthly plans. As for Hulu, the streaming service by itself costs $7 a month with ads and $13 a month ad-free starting October 10th That'll rise to $8 a month, a dollar higher, with ads, and $15 a month without them, $2 higher. Disney will also add a new $10 a month bundled plan that combines Disney Plus and Hulu, both with ads, but without ESPN Plus. Disney has published tables detailing all the new rates.
1: Yep, after September, I'll watch Hocus Pocus, I'll get rid of that, and then I'll get rid of Netflix. So it'll be saving me $37
0: a month. Well... I was smart. I saw the, the big deal they had before the launch initially. And I paid $150 for three years.
1: Well, mine came through Verizon for free. When, a, when Anytime you upgrade a phone, you get a Disney package for free. So mine was free for a year. Then after that, it's billed to my Verizon account every
0: month now. So let's see, one hundred and fifty divide $36 4 dollars 17 a month is what mine averaged out to.
1: Wow, you got a damn good deal on that.
0: So, How much more longer you got left on that? I guess Disney Plus Day this year because it was a three-year deal. And I only did it for She-Hulk, which finally premieres tomorrow. So we will be reviewing that next week. Just so you know. But if you want to bundle up something, and this actually will help a lot of people. This is from CBSNews.com. I saw today in this when the article was published. Walmart Plus is now giving a pretty significant deal. Because you know they had the free shipping with Walmart Plus, they had gas discounts with Walmart Plus, exclusive sales, and now they will be adding Paramount Plus for free. And I'm trying to see Walmart and Walmart Plus and Paramount Plus bundle twelve ninety five per month or ninety-eight dollars per year. Depending on your shopping and lifestyle habits, Walmart Plus membership can save you a lot of money. Membership gives access to Paramount Plus content, discounts on gas, free two-day shipping on walmart.com purchases, free same-day delivery of groceries where available, and access to members-only deals and PS5 restocks. Are you still there? I can't hear you if you're still there, but... But anyways, for those, I've never wanted to subscribe to Walmart Plus, but that would be something for the people who do that gives them an actual reason now with all that bundled together. Yeah. Did you hear any of what I said? Because you were. I did. It's Walmart Plus. Yes.
1: And I'm not going to subscribe to it because every time I buy something from Walmart to go pick it up, they're all the time hawking that on me and I'm not doing it.
0: Like I said, the to get the Paramount Plus with it and the discounts on everything that that does make it a much more desirable deal. Because Walmart Plus, there was no reason to get it. Like if you can't drive to your Walmart, you can get somebody to drive for you. Yeah. No. I mean it wasn't like it was really saving you anything. But Adding the Paramount+, Plus, like I said, gives it a little bit more desirability to it. But UPI.com has this next article. They are remaking the Fall Guy TV series into a movie. Oh, Jesus Christ. Really? Emily Blunt to co-star with Ryan Gosling in the Fall Guy adaptation. And see, here's the thing some TV movie remakes are crap. Some of them are phenomenal. And if you don't think some of them are phenomenal, look at The Fugitive with Harrison Ford.
1: That was a phenomenal film.
0: Yeah. It was a remake of a TV show. Yeah. Good ones, the Brady Bunch movie. I'm trying to think of something that was really awful. There's some things that you should not remake gilligan's island would be one of those things it's a classic the way it is you can't get anybody to take over those roles and be as well, 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 well. yeah i never did watch the adams family movies um but that the Adams Family I, movies
1: were actually really good the first ones not the
0: second uh, ones they come out with i just i never watched any of them and I've tried watching some of the the remake shows, and the humor just is not the same. It's not as good. It's not funny. And
1: did you watch the when they re when they reintroduced Will and Grace? Did you see that?
0: What do you mean when they did the when they series? came
1: back when they came back out with a new series of Will and Grace? It's all the original writers and everything. It's everybody's you know, back I on board. About
0: it. When you picked the first couple episodes of Will and Grace, we talked about them coming back and how they completely ignored the series finale. Yeah, just like Roseanne did. So
1: I was just—I oh, was—I just couldn't remember if you enjoyed that or not.
0: I didn't enjoy the Trump episode. Hated well,
1: it. Was, you got past the Trump one. The rest—the rest of them were good.
0: Yeah, most of the series, most of that reunion series was really good, but. The Trump thing, it was just, I guess it was too close to the time. It might be funnier now if I go back and watch it. But at the time, it was too close. That You had that. You had American Horror Story doing it. It just it did nothing for me. But back to the article, UVI.com says, the news was first reported by deadline on Friday with sources telling the outlet that the film, which is set to be produced by Universal Pictures, will be released on March 1st, 2024. Universal has not confirmed Blunt's casting, though the news was further corroborated by The Hollywood Reporter. So we'll see if Fall Guy is worth... Because, let's face it, The Gray Man with Ryan Gosling, fantastic film. Hopefully, The Fall Guy will be too. We shall see. Mm. Next up from Bloody Disgusting... R.I.P.D. 2, Rise of the Damned, on the way from Universal Home Entertainment. Now, I really enjoyed R.I.P.D. I thought it was a very good movie. A lot of people hated it. But it did not do very well, and I am very surprised to see they're doing a sequel.
1: That's because they're stupid.
0: No. Some people liked it. But it says... R.I.P.D. 2, Rise of the Damned, an apparent sequel to 2013 Supernatural Action Comedy, is listed on this week's ratings bulletin from the MPA, the film receiving a PG-13 rating. R.I.P.D. 2 is rated PG-13 for sequences of violence, language, disturbing images, and some crude-slash-sexual references. So apparently it is already filmed, and yeah, there is, oh no, this is the trailer for the original. So, they've already got a rating for it. So it has to have been filmed and the ratings board watched it. So it is happening. And something we knew was coming because Warner brothers and CBS will paramount announced they were trying to sell off CW CW has a new owner. Really? TV station owner Nexstar, N-E-X-S-T-A-R, acquires a controlling stake in CW Network. I believe it's 75% of it. Nexstar is getting 75% of the CW. The network has been a 50-50 joint venture of Paramount Global and Warner Brothers Discovery, which will each retain a 12.5% stake. So, you'll see a lot less DC superheroes on there, I have a feeling which we already knew was coming, because they've been canceling everything.
1: They basically has been canceling everything, and I tell you the truth, I'm going to be surprised if they're going to have a DC universe. I mean, they're killing it.
0: Well, I did see on comicbook.com that the fate of Peacemaker 2, the Penguin series starring Colin Farrell, which is spun out of the Batman film, and Green Lantern Corps are all still on track. I also saw on comicbook.com that the rumors are Doom Patrol is on the chopping block, which really upsets me because it's such a fantastic show and so unique and original and different. And now they said Young Justice is on the chopping block. So... And Young Justice is a really good cartoon. Like If you enjoyed the Justice League animated series of the early 2000s, I highly suggest watching Young Justice because it is every bit as good. It's not a kid's cartoon because the stories are pretty complex. Yeah. But speaking of DC, there are some mental health issues going through their superhero films and TV shows right now. And first up, Insider.com Superman and Lois star leaves show after sharing that he is going to a facility to get mental health back on track. Jordan Elsass, who plays Jonathan Kent on the CW series Superman and Lois, will be recast in the series. And I do hope that he is able to get his mental health back. They, there was a report the other day. It said he was being recast because of not showing up to the set. Now the report's coming out that it's him seeking mental health help. And they're just looks like they're just gonna quietly recast the role and probably not even address it on the show. Kind of like where Becky got recast on Roseanne back in the day. Yeah. And Ezra Miller on is the other one seeking treatment for complex mental health issues. And his behavior lately, we've talked about it. It really does sound like there's some major mental health issues going on there. And I wish them both well, but I still say with everything that Ezra Miller's been going through quietly recasting in The Flash as well, don't even need to address it, just get a new actor take over the role. I like him as a flash, though. But I hate his run, and
1: most people do. The way he runs?
0: Yeah. That open hand and slinging his arms. Go back Whoa. and watch him run on it. I know,
1: I know how he runs. At least
0: he can run. It's It looks bad on there. I mean, his run really does look bad. Most people, when they run, they have closed fists.
1: Now, who's the guy who done that, you know, that one time he goes running through the room, the room's exploding, and he's moving the Sweet Dreams.
0: Quicksilver on Marvel.
1: Yeah, and his Sweet Dreams is playing, and oh my god, that was super cool, the way they did that.
0: One, they had a lot more budget than they did on the CW Flash TV series to do things. Oh, the way crap was like the
1: floors buckling and he was running over it and jumping and moving and getting people out of the way and moving stuff while it was exploding and god that was a super sick cool effects with that one
0: yeah and that's the thing is Marvel, Will Fox was putting money into those things and a lot of the X-Men movies were underrated now, I hated Last Stand. I thought it was just a horrible rendition of an X-Men movie. Of course, it didn't help having Kelsey Grammer in it as the Beast because I don't like Kelsey Grammer. As Frasier, to me, is one of the most bland characters in the history of television. I didn't like him on Cheers. I never would watch the TV series that he was in, and now it's coming back, and I do not get the thrill with, with Frasier. He's a bland character. He's not funny. He's somebody you love to hate.
1: Dude, I love the Fraser show. Nah, I wouldn't Dr. watch. Doctor Fraser it. Crane. Yeah, he, he was the worst part of Cheers. But Fraser, this time around, it's going to be dark, and I don't understand how they're going to do that.
0: Uh, I won't be watching it regardless.
1: I'll watch it just just to see what it's about, just to see how they're going to make it dark
0: but my final article comes from deadline.com IDW sets five series in development based on graphic novels and comics at HBO Max, Warner Brothers Television, and more. Which is kind of shocking that HBO or Warner Brothers Discovery is doing all these cancellations. Then they sign a deal with a publishing company that they don't own to produce content. Hmm. But it says, IDW Entertainment has five series in development with Anima Studios, Cartoon Network Studios, HBO Max, Universal Content Productions, Universal International Studios, and Warner Brothers Television. The projects are based on IDW Publishing and Top Shelf Productions, an imprint of IDW, graphic novels, and comics. The TV projects are as follows. Dark Space's Wildfire is a thriller series written by Scott Snyder with art by Hayden Sherman. It follows a group of female inmate firefighters who deep into the smoldering California hills where their desperate heist of a burning mansion will lead them to the score of a lifetime or a deadly trap. The Delicacy is a graphic novel from James Albon about rare and delicious fungi that spell trouble for an ambitious restaurateur. Tulip and his brother Rowan have left the simple comforts of their remote Scottish island with a plan to grow succulent organic vegetables in an idyllic market garden and to open restu- to open a restaurant serving those wholesome culinary delights to the busy sprawl of London. The world of fine dining seems impossibly competitive until they discover a deliriously scrumptious new species of mushroom. Rivers, created by Dan Barry and David Gaffney, is about three ordinary weirdos and one recurring dream. Ballad for Sophie, Portuguese musician Felipe Melo and artist Juan Cavia is a sweeping tale about what happens when a young journalist prompts a reclusive musical superstar to finally break his silence. And Brutal Nature, created by Luciano Saraceno and Ariel Olivetti, is about a collection of masks that transform a young man into innumerable beasts and monsters. Using this power, he embarks on a battle that pits the indigenous Mayan people against the encroaching spanish empire but can one man hope to beat back the massive forces of the conquering spaniards so definitely some different stuff there and idw of course the publishing company that produced the lock and key comics which that series just wrapped up this past week on netflix and it was a fantastic ending. so i will definitely be checking out what they look like when they come out i not sold on anything there yet, but
1: yeah.
0: Did you have any other entertainment news you wanted to mention? Or, um,
1: no, um, I was going to try to watch the Elvis film this week, but I don't think that's going to happen. I got too much stuff going on.
0: Well, it's also not premiered on HBO Max yet, I don't think.
1: No, I was going to go to the movies and watch it
0: because uh, I'm waiting for it to come to HBO Max and they, you know, I talked about it i think last week or the week before that warner brothers discovery has revamped its approach it's no longer 40 days from theater to hbo max it is now an indetermined amount of time to be determined on the performance of each individual film
1: so that means that the top will never come to streaming
0: (laughs) no that's paramount and they're not Warner Brothers, but oh, what I'm saying is we'll
1: never see that come to streaming anytime no, soon. Because that's a...
0: it'll eventually fade out of the theaters.
1: I know, but the Blu-ray hits. I sent you the article about the bonus features on there earlier. I know, but shh, Hush talking for one second. What I'm saying, it's a Tom Cruise film, and all his films are huge blockbusters. And it takes forever for any of his films to come out on streaming. It takes ever like his MI films, it takes like almost a year after it comes out to go to streaming.
0: Well, we're in a different time now, too. And Paramount Plus is going to want to add content somewhat regularly. And they're going to want to add big budget blockbusters like that. So eventually it will come to Paramount Plus. It just has to fizzle out of the box office first. They want to squeeze every penny out they can. Which is only smart business before you put it on streaming, yeah, so I, like I said before, I was not surprised when Warner Brothers announced that they will no longer be doing the forty five day window necessarily because a month and a half is not long to wait if you want to see a movie, you can wait that little bit of time. Now you
1: said that you said that his was a paramount film, yeah. Well, it's been out since beginning of June, and now we're in August, and it's still streaming.
0: Still doing well at the box
1: office. Oh, I know it is. Paramount, I I, don't
0: think ever had the 45-day plan.
1: I don't see it coming to streaming anytime soon, even after it leaves box office.
0: Disney had the 45-day plan. Uh, Peacock had some play in theaters and on Peacock and some 45 days. And some take longer, because Black Phone took longer to get to Peacock, but it's on there now. And I highly recommend Black Phone, by the way. Loved it. But it just, it all depends on what money they make and how they can squeeze every penny out of it, because like I said, that's that's business for you. You make as much money as you can. Yeah. And I, I do kind of foresee the League of Super Pets being on HBO Max probably within the 45 days or maybe a little bit longer, but I, I do foresee it coming pretty quickly. Cool. So I will be watching that one for sure. But that brings us to those we lost this week. First up from CNN.com, Denise Dowles, director and Beverly Hills 90210 actress dies at 64. Really? Actress and director Denise Dowles, whose prolific career featured roles in Beverly Hills 90210 Insecure, and Ray has died. Her family confirmed to CNN Sunday. What was her role for 90210? Dallas was well-known for her role as Miss Yvonne Teasley in the hit series Beverly Hills 90210 and recently appeared in the HBO comedy series Insecure as Molly Carter's therapist. In addition to acting roles in dozens of movies and TV series, Dallas also directed film including Remember Me, The Mahalia Jackson Story, which premiered in April at the Pan-African Film Festival. Mm, She was on Grey's Anatomy at some point, because they've got a picture of her from that. Throughout her decades-long career, Dallas appeared in several TV series, including Charmed, Girlfriends, The West Wing, and Law & Order. She also had roles in movies, including Pleasantville and Requiem for a Dream, according to her IMDb profile. Wow, she played some good shows. Yep. Next up, it's a real short one here. Local10.com, Motown singer, songwriter, Lamont Dozier, dead at 81. And it's just basically showing pictures of the celebrated... Holland, Dozier, Holland team that wrote and produced You Can't Hurry Love, Heat Wave, and dozens of other hits and helped make Motown an essential record company of the 1960s and beyond. So I know you've heard those songs. There's Mm -hmm. denying that.
1: Let me some Motown music. I would love to go see uh Hitsville, USA, where Motown is in Michigan, but where it's located now is not in the very desirable area of um, Detroit. That's what I've heard. So
0: that I couldn't tell you. i am not. Following yeah,
1: you. I've got friends. I've got not friends. I've got customers that's bought furniture from me from Detroit, and they're telling me where it's at. And it's like, well, they said you will probably need help getting there. They said it's bad where it's where Hitsville, USA is. they said, but they said you'll probably need help getting there. I said, oh, okay, well we'll figure it out.
0: Yeah. The only the only show that I know of that's based around a bunch of music, not just one artist like you know, Mama Mia and such, but I saw Smoky Joe's Cafe a long time ago.
1: It was, that sounds familiar.
0: It was the musical works of two, I want to say, I'm wanting to say Leopold and Loeb, and that's wrong. That's the two murderers that the movie Rope was based on, if I'm not mistaken. And it's not Rodgers and Hammerstein. Let's, let's pull it up here. Lieber and Stoller. That's why I was wanting to say Leopold and Globe. Lieber and Stoller. Jerry Lieber and Mike Stoller. So and it was it was a really good show. I saw the version in Charlotte, and I know that they had the the song Smoky Joe's Cafe in um school ties yeah. which was a fantastic film with friend fraser but the songs in smoky joe's cafe neighborhood young blood falling ruby baby dance with me keep on rolling searching kansas city trouble love me slash don't fools fall in love poison ivy don juan shopping for clothes i keep forgetting on broadway dw washburn saved baby that is rock and roll Yakety Yak, Charlie Brown, Stay a While, Pearl's a Saner, Teach Me How to Shimmy, You're the Boss, Loving You, Treat Me Nice, There Goes My Baby, I'm a Woman, Little Egypt hound Dog, Love Potion number 9, Jailhouse Rock, uh, Spanish Harlem, and Stand By Me. So, some very famous songs in there. Oh, yeah. Back to those we lost, the CNN.com, Wolfgang Peterson, director of Das Boot and Air Force One, passes at age 81. And let's see. says, after writing and directing 1984's children's fantasy, The NeverEnding Story, he went on to make a strain of action films with some of the biggest stars of their eras, like In the Line of Fire, starring Clint Eastwood and Renee Russo, Outbreak with Dustin Hoffman, Morgan Freeman, and Russo, and Air Force One with Harrison Ford and Glenn Close. In the aughts, he continued the trend helming The Perfect Storm with George Clooney and Troy with Brad Pitt and Poseidon. And they don't even mention the the stars that were in Poseidon. Which might be best that way because it was not a well-loved film. You know, the, the one thing I remember about Poseidon You know, the the one character, I can't remember which which actor it was playing, but he's ready to kill himself, like standing on the rail of the ship, ready to dive into the water and die. Then he sees this great big tidal wave coming, and all of a sudden he's fighting for his life to stay alive. How did you go from being suicidal, ready to jump off the boat and kill yourself drowning in the ocean, which is not a fun way to go? because it won't be instant to fighting to save your life simply because you see a tidal wave. I don't know.
1: Like the tidal wave
0: would make the drowning faster.
1: Maybe the tidal wave scared him shitless. I don't know. It was,
0: it was, it was something that never really did make sense to me when I saw that movie. And finally, of course, we mentioned it last week Anne Hayes has succumbed to the car crash. She was kept on life support to harvest her organs, but she has now since passed. She was found brain dead, and the life support has ended as well. That's sad. Very sad ending to that, and there's been an outpouring from celebrities, and mm, there's also reports coming out of the troubles that she was having, and I know the the L.A. police have quit investigating her. They are no longer pursuing charges against her because you know, what are you going to do? She's passed away. Yeah. But the fortunate part is if she was intoxicated, the only person she ended up hurting was herself and the house of the family because everybody in the house got out all right. Yeah. Minor injuries, but nothing major. So... But of course, Ellen has was one of the ones people focused on because they had such a highly publicized romance. And they also had a pretty bitter breakup, if I remember correctly. So yeah, just a, a tragic end. She passes away at the age of 53. So um, with, we are done with the first half. And we will be reviewing. I watched Secret Headquarters. Paul did not get a chance to, so I'll talk about it briefly. Um, I also watched another Olivia Newton-John movie this week that I've never seen. I did watch a few Best Men, and I've really... i, I got to talk about it briefly. And um, Last night was Madonna's birthday, so I watched Archer and the Invisibles for the first time. Pleasantly surprised. So, might talk about that a minute. And We reviewed They Slash Them on Peacock, and the other one's failing me. What was the other one?
1: The other one was on... Um, was it? Um, I, I, I can flip it over, but I'm going to lose you for a second.
0: Yeah. I'm trying to think. I know that I watched it the other night. Because I watched it, and then I watched the Secret Headquarters. And I'm trying, uh, for whatever reason, it's just not coming to me at all. And I was the one who picked them. Because it was a new movie. So while we're waiting for Paul to come back. <laughs> Let's see. They,
1: them, and we also watched. Um, it was. Um, oh, my God. Well, When we come back, we'll, we'll tell you.
0: Uh, see, now I'm, I'm I'm blaming it on COVID brain. I'm still having the COVID brain fog is my guess. Let's go back here. Pray on hulu that's why because mm-hmm. i watched it because of all of the the people that were saying it was so good and we will talk about it when we come back so stay tuned everybody get into the top 10 films Paul went and checked the, the link on Twitter that I sent to him about the Transformers stamps. Paul, tell everybody what you thought.
1: Oh my god. Those are incredibly detailed and um, I want them. I want those. Those are so super cool.
0: So now you're wanting the virtual experience, aren't you?
1: I want it. I don't know how many do it, I want it. Would it be in UK? How am I going to get a hold of
0: them? Uh, I would look up the UK Royal Postal Service and see if you can order it from here. That's that's my only thought.
1: Okay, I'll do that. I, and I didn't you say when did when do they say this is going to be available again? Uh, when it's
0: September, I think it was September first, but I'm that's not what positive.
1: I, that's what I remember you saying. That's what I think I remember you saying.
0: So, but anyways, now for the top 10 films, debuting at number 10, fall with two and a half million in its first week, holding steady at number nine after eight weeks, another 2.6 million Elvis, one hundred forty four, 141 million. Would you stop with that noise? Paul's always making all kinds of noise, but... <sighs> Elvis has made $141,288,207 in eight weeks. Up from 16 to 8 is a film I have not heard anything about. Bodies, bodies, bodies. Three and a quarter million in its second week, with just over three and a half million in its two weeks. So you can tell it was not on many screens last week. Holding at number seven, where the crawdads sing. Why am I echoing a little bit? What's I going know. on over there? I don't know. I'm hearing some kind of feedback. But where the crowd had seen $4 million in its fifth week with just over $72 million total. It sounds better now, whatever. I don't know what changed, but down from five to six, the minions, another five million in its seventh week, three hundred and forty-three million eight hundred twelve thousand five hundred and twenty-five dollars to date. Down from three to five is no. Just over five point three million. In its fourth weekend, over $107.5 million. Holding at four, Thor Love and Thunder. Sixth weekend brings over $5 million for a total of almost $325.5 million total. Down from two to three is DC's League of Super Pets. $7 million in its third weekend for just over $58 million. Paul and I were talking about this earlier. Top Gun Maverick. Jumps from six to two. Damn. After 12 weeks, $7 million, $673,724,507. So, like I said, they're still making money at the box office. They're not going to pull it. I just cannot believe
1: it is outperforming Thor. I mean, Thor, I mean, that's
0: a a Marvel movie. Damn. 12 weeks for... The Top Gun Maverick, almost twice the total of Thor in six weeks. So twice as long release, twice the amount of money it's made, but I don't see Thor holding on and catching up. Not like that. And number one for the second week, it's second week in release, just under $13.5 million. Bullet Train, which I really do want to see. I really think it looks very good. almost 54 and a half million dollars total. So I'm going to start out since it was Madonna's birthday yesterday. Every year I celebrate Madonna and I listen to her music or I watch movies or TV shows that she appeared in or both. And for those out there who would like to watch it, she was on the tonight show with Jimmy Fallon last week. And it is on Peacock currently. I, I don't know how long, The episode stay on there, but it is on there, and it was a pretty good interview. Although I have to say, her outfit did not flatter her. Like she had these really large pants on that made her look heavier, and she's not heavy,
1: but the pants really did make her look heavy. I don't know. She might be a fat ass now, Chris, and we just been all photoshopped.
0: you, You could see it, like when when they showed her straight on, you could see her waist. But her pants were so big that it made her look heavier. So her gaze didn't do anything. Her if gaze, you look at her waist, she was still small, like always. So her
1: gaze didn't do her justice? Her what? Her
0: gaze. Oh, well, I mean, it may have been some famous fashion designer that came up with those. But, I mean, they were... Very now you know those
1: Jinko top jeans are coming back in. Those big stovepipe jeans, those are coming back in.
0: And I will say one of the most comfortable pair of jeans I ever had it was a pair of Bugle Boy jeans. They were my size. They were my waist, fit perfectly. They were my length, fit perfectly. But at my size that I was then, I could take the seams while I'm wearing them. Put the seams together and fold the pants over in half. I absolutely loved those jeans. Is Bugle Boy still around? I honestly don't know. Let's because I love
1: me some Bugle Boy clothes. I remember those being sold at Good Goods, Goodies, Goodies, Goods, Goods family clothing or something like that.
0: As of 2018, the Bugle Boy brand is no longer in use. In 2001, Bugle Boy closed all of 215 of its U.S. outlet stores in an agreement with the U.S. Bankruptcy Court. That is from Wikipedia. Ooh, someone needs to grab a hold of that name brand and come
1: back out with it, because it will kill.
0: Pardon me, but are those Bugle
1: Boy jeans you're wearing? Yes, honey. We could ooh, we need to get that Bugle Boy name brand and just start slapping it on shit. You know how much shit we can how much money we'd make because people would love to get some Bugle Boy stuff.
0: Yeah. The I enjoyed their clothes and the their outlet that was in Virginia was right at i seventy seven and eighty one, which that whole outlet mall is closed now. But it was a fantastic outlet mall when I went there. And I bought several outfits in there for a hundred dollars. I'm talking like six or seven outfits. That's
1: yeah. way back in the day.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, it was also, it was extremely good pricing for that day. Wasn't that up in Withful? I'm not sure exactly. I know it's I-77 and 81. That's intersect. where
1: I-77 intersects in Withful, yeah. And there's a there was an outlet mall there.
0: Because I drive through there all the time when I go to visit family, but I, I never pay any attention to
1: what city it is. I need to go see how much it would cost to buy the name Bugle Boy.
0: Hmm, More than you have, probably. Probably. Because I'm sure somebody still owns the copyright to it somewhere.
1: Yeah, pretty much.
0: And having been bankruptcy, do you really want to buy them and maybe have to take on that debt?
1: Well, if they're in bankruptcy, then it's already been taken care of because that's seven years.
0: Yeah. But but anyways, so I watched Arthur and the Invisibles last night. It is free with ads on the Roku channel, Pluto TV, Tubi, Freevee TV, Voodoo, and Plex. So you have all kinds of options if you want to watch this film. It is a mixture of live action and animation. And like I said, I watched it because it was a Madonna movie that I've never seen. I was like, you know what? I've never watched this one. Let me watch this for her birthday instead.
1: Hey, Chris. Did she
0: play Jessica Rabbit? No.
1: For some reason, I thought she played Jessica Rabbit.
0: Now, this is the only animated film that I ever remember being a part of. But Metacritic put it at 39%. IMDb 6.0 out of 10 after 37,000 reviews. And Rotten Tomatoes, the tomato meter after 93 reviews, 22%. Audience score over 100,000 ratings, 56%. For me personally, I thought it was a pretty entertaining film. And Madonna does not have any songs in it. She just voices the character. You wouldn't know it's her if you didn't know that it's her. I mean, you can hear her voice and know it. But if you're not familiar with her voice, you just watch it. And it's just another character. And Now, when did this film come out? It was 2006. Okay, And I've had the DVD for a long time. I just never got around to watching it. Because it was animation, I just never really did try. But it's basically, Mia Farrow plays the grandmother of Freddie Highmore. And Freddie Highmore is off Arthur. And she is getting evicted from her house. The phone gets shut off, the power gets shut off. And Freddie Highmore's character, Arthur, finds... um. The, the secrets in the tapestries of this other world in the garden and goes to look for the rubies that his grandfather had hidden to get the, everything paid off. And so there's a group of Africans that show up on the night of the full moon and help him set up so he can go into this world, which he does. There's a strong cast to this film i I said freddie highmore i said mia Farrow. i said madonna um snoop dogg was a voice in this really robert de niro was a voice in this and the name that really surprised me david bowie performed in the film
1: wow there's some star power in this one
0: uh Jimmy Fallon was a voice in it, which I just mentioned Madonna being on his show, so kind of works out that way. Harvey Keitel was a voice. Rob Corddry was a voice. Eric perr sullivan was a voice, which if you don't know Eric Per sullivan he was the youngest son on Malcolm in the Middle. Chaz Terry was the voice of the travel agent. Anthony Anderson did a voice. Jason Bateman did a voice. So I'm talking like very recognizable names doing voices in this film and I mean it's nothing super fantastic but if you've got some time in your day go to one of those streaming services and watch it for free you'll enjoy it I think because I did I was, I was pleasantly surprised and I also wanted to discuss a few best men real quick because you know we, we talked about Olivia last week and I went back and watched Grease after we talked. And I watched the next day. I was like, you know what? I've not seen a few best men. I want to watch this, see what it is. I've, I've heard mixed reviews about it. And even the critics, like IMDb has it 5.6 out of 10 after 13,000. The Rotten Tomatoes, 18% after 39 reviews on the tomato meter, 36% after 1,000 reviews on the audience scores. Ooh, that's I not good. Thought this movie was hilarious and i did not know there was a sequel to it a few less men is the sequel olivia newton john is not in the sequel though but good the choice cast, the cast has uh xavier samuel who i've never heard of before chris marshall who i knew from the tv series my family He played the dumb son on there, and that show was very funny. If you ever get the chance to see it, it's a British show, my family. It's about a dentist and his family. It was very funny. Rebel Wilson was in this. And the the most surprising performance in this whole movie was Olivia Newton-John. This is a comedy. There's no other way to describe it they get into some rather outrageous things. They, they go to buy marijuana because they've gone from England to Australia for the wedding. And the, the friends of the groom want some marijuana to smoke while they're there. So they go to buy it. Well, they accidentally pick up the drug dealers suitcase instead of his own and hijinks ensue there, but there's a goat that eats all a ram that eats all the drugs and they have to get the drugs out of the goat which more humor was brought from that but the thing that really set it apart for me was Olivia Newton John in a completely different role than I would have ever expected her to be in at one point she snorts the cocaine that they have laid out there and a little bit later she is literally swinging from the chandelier (laughs) <laughs> like, if you don't watch it for anything else watch it for a coked up olivia swinging from the chandelier because she was hilarious in it and it after i watched that i watched some of the interviews from australia today and there was one on there and he was actually really close with olivia dated her niece at one point and he he was talking about how he was going to introduce her at some function and she said well how are you going to introduce me and he was like well everybody knows who you are so I was just going to say here she is Olivia Newton-John he's like and she said but you didn't mention any of my Grammy Awards and so he said well then I'll say four-time Grammy winner Olivia Newton-John she's like but you didn't mention Greece," and so he added Grease to it and he said that she kept going on like this and finally he ended up with this two-minute long introduction where Olivia and John with everything in there. And he said, that's the kind of sense of humor she had. And you really didn't get that from seeing her. She was always pretty serious in the interviews I saw. And a lot of her performances were more serious. Her music was more serious. So, you know, it's nice to see this whole other side of her that we didn't know about.
1: Yeah.
0: And, And for me, that was one of the biggest parts of A Few Best Men, and because I enjoyed it so much, I will go and watch A Few Less Men if I can find it. But if you get the chance, Paul, you. you've you got my Voodoo account. If you ever get the chance, I'm telling you, watch um, this movie. It's very good. Remind me, was she married? She was married a couple of times. She was married to Matt latanzi I'm talking about when she passed Matt away. Chloe, and she was married because her boyfriend disappeared when he went on a fishing trip or something and then yeah a few years later she had met someone else and married him and to my knowledge they were still together when she passed
1: okay i was just wondering who's going to be settling her estate and taking care of that
0: oh well if nothing else chloe
1: yeah okay her
0: daughter and yeah. i i do believe she and matt latanzi stayed fairly civil and maybe even friends after the divorce because I, I mean, I, I don't know her personally, but I just really don't see Olivia Newton-John as her, the kind of thing that's <clears throat> against anybody, yeah. especially the father of her child. So I think there was some, some bitterness there, but I think she was very civil, probably. Again, I don't know. I didn't know her personally, but you see the outpouring of love from people who did and didn't know her after she passed. And... I mean, she was an amazing woman. We all loved her. And if you didn't, what's wrong with you? Yeah. So, but yeah, again, highly recommend just for Olivia Swinging from the Chandelier, if nothing else. That's what you need to watch this movie for. But I really enjoyed it. Like I said, give it a shot. And with that, I will mention real quick, because you didn't get to see this one either, Secret Headquarters... It is on Paramount+. Plus, <clears throat> an original film with Owen Wilson. 4.8 out of 10 according to IMDb after 1,900 reviews. Rotten Tomatoes after 30 reviews. 47% on the tomato meter. 53% after fifty over 50 reviews on the audience score. So not a lot of scores there, but this one, basically, they show the origin of the guard at the beginning, which is Owen Wilson. And He and his wife are separated. His son is coming to stay with him. Well, Owen Wilson's character has to tell his son that he's got to do these things for work and can't tell his son what the things for work are. And so he tells his son that he needs to go back to his mom and his son calls his mom, but it's not his mom. And that ends up, his friends come over they find the secret headquarters underneath his dad's house and the hijinks pursue from there. And it was it was a good film. It wasn't fantastic. It is a family superhero film. Yeah. I mean, it's all ages appropriate. I mean, you got Michael Pena and Owen Wilson and Jesse Williams all in it. So there were some names in there. The kids did really well, the, the effects. Walker Scoble was the son of Owen Wilson. Of course, he was in The Atom Project, younger Ryan Reynolds. If you get the chance and you enjoy superhero stuff, I think you'll like this, but I wouldn't say you'd love it. Like, it's one of those, you'll want to watch it one time. I don't know if you'll want to revisit it or not. So, but Paul didn't get a chance to watch that because that was the other film that I had picked out, so I just wanted to briefly talk about it, and if he gets a chance, he can tell us what he thinks later. So, do you want to do they slash them, or do you want to do pray next?
1: Um, let's do they, them.
0: Okay. Well, first up, IMDB has it 3.4 out of 10 after 5,600 reviews. Rotten Tomatoes is a tomato meter with 59 reviews, 32%. Audience score is really not hitting it. Over 250 ratings, 17%. Well, I'm going to you describe this one so i stopped Um,
1: talking a little bit this has um a one of my favorite actors in it it has um the guy who played in oh my god kevin bacon has kevin bacon
0: Bacon.
1: it has kevin bacon Bacon. yeah the six degrees of kevin bacon uh it has him in it it has him playing a um counselor for uh, it's a he runs a camp that is like a conversion therapy camp for gay people, trans, by um, lesbians you know, they cover the whole gamut and for youth. And um, it starts off with these with the youth coming into this camp and um, they're all around a circle talking, you know, you know telling everybody, you know, their their part, uh, you know, what's going on with them, but anyways. It's about a camp who, at first, you thought it was going to be like a really nice movie. It's like, you know, here you're going to realize who you are, what person you are, and we're going to help you evolve as this person. And then it takes a twist.
0: Yeah, he really does present the camp as not your typical conversion camp.
1: Yeah.
0: The way he presents it is like, if you don't want to change, and you're here against your will we're not going to force anything and yeah that's not what you get from a conversion camp
1: so yeah it's it's him and several other counselors there but and then and as the film progresses it starts getting a little bit of a dark turn to it and um one of the students ends up finding some photographs of the uh, camp the way it used to operate from beating the kids and torturing them and stuff like that and um, it, and then a strange killer comes on to the camp and I don't want to talk too much about that but uh, it's kind of it kind of gives you that Jason Voorhees Friday the 13th feel of the I think
0: of very much inspired by that like the whole camp
1: yeah, yeah. the whole
0: camp thing
1: you know the they the way the camp the way the camp buildings were made, they were all open and this masked killer was going around with this machete, and I'm going this has Jason Voorhees vibes, and, and in fact Jason Voorhees was mentioned in part of the film. And they're saying you know this reminds me of uh, Friday the Thirteenth with uh, Jason Voorhees. They're like, and then the girl goes who, and. Uh, so, anyways, I'm like, who doesn't know who Jason Voorhees is? But, anyway, it's the whole thing of, you know, that dude, going. I'm not saying who it is, going around killing people, and anyways, I don't want to go too much into it, but um, it's, I enjoyed it. It was um, very suspenseful, and um, I like how that one trans kid, uh, when they were doing the shooting contest, you know, that one butch dude, you know, he's camp counselor. He was like the one who got reformed, once we found out otherwise. Anyway, he's like, you put, know, put up against me. And he starts shooting at the bullseye. And he did pretty good with the bullseye. But the trans kid was a two-times marksman in the military and went right, into the, went <laughs> right in the center of the bullseye and then took off three pine cones off the edge of the tree. It's like, uh-huh, you dumb bitch. Mm-hmm, look what I did with my gun. But it's a good movie. I enjoyed it, but probably the critics chewed it apart or what have you.
0: Will I watch it again? I would. I'd watch it again. Yeah. So did you notice who was playing the nurse at the camp?
1: I don't, don't know who that was.
0: Is Anna Klumsky. I don't know who that is. My girl. you you went Oh out. really?
1: Yeah. It, yeah. It, my cell phone went blank and if it goes blank it kills the microphone so I got to keep it awake.
0: So my girl is actually all grown up and I got to say she's grown up very well. She's still very pretty. Yeah. And, but it I looked at her at first and I'm like she looks familiar to me. And then Lamar said I think she was a child actress. And I was like, "My girl and that was who it was. Wow. And Goodbye. The, uh, spoiler, without really spoiling anything, you can see it coming in the film. I left the room on part pardon. And that was the scene with the dog.
1: Yeah. I, 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 bad I, thought, was you wouldn't,
0: I thought you wouldn't like that. I, I wouldn't even watch it. I was warned because he had watched it before I did and, but I, even if I hadn't been, I could see what was coming. Yeah. And I I got up and left the room. Came back when the one was crying. So, yeah, I just... I mean, just as is they're is there leaving, you know what's coming. And so, yeah, I, I did not watch that scene. And that's and I, I, I don't want to see any... Bad things happen to animals in any film, but like a dog's journey and a dog's purpose, I can sit there and cry through. That is completely different in this movie. I, I will not yeah. watch those films. No, nope. well, they are fantastic films. I they're know they're really
1: fantastic. Fun. I know they're highly rated, but I don't, and I'm not going to watch them.
0: Yeah, I just I love them
1: because when yeah. I was a kid, the
0: where the red fern grows, about did me in. I never did watch it. Probably won't. I won't watch Old Yeller either.
1: The red fern where the red fern grows, honey. That ripped my chest out. My ripped my heart out of my chest when that dog died. Mm. And where they what the whole story is where they buried the dog at? There's a red fern that grew up where the dog was at.
0: Oh. Mmm. Anyways. Oh, and you know. You mentioned the very obvious inspiration of Friday the 13th in this film. Yeah. Who was in the first Friday the 13th?
1: Uh, The first Friday the 13th? The original film? Yep. It wasn't Jason Voorhees.
0: No, I'm I'm not talking about the killer. I'm talking about the actor
1: kevin bacon was in it there you go he's a camp counselor counselor he's a camp counselor in it that's right i remember
0: so there's yet another connection but that's one of
1: his that was one of his breakout
0: roles yeah and the first kill which obviously comes at the beginning i mean there is no mystery that it's going to be a kill it comes at the very beginning of the film and then it's like this whole other film starts And they don't reference that. They don't explain that until like the last 10 minutes of the film. So you have this scene at the beginning that seems completely out of place, but they explain at the very end of the film, which I did like that. Yeah. That was was something that was well done. Like you you get the payoff, but you don't realize you're going to get the payoff. It just seems like a random kill at the beginning.
1: I mean, to be a slasher film, it was actually well thought out. I mean, if you ask me. so If you want to call it a slasher film.
0: I was, I was honestly calling, expecting more torture scenes than what we got because we really didn't get that many.
1: No. And
0: it was essentially only one. And, and let me tell you, the one that was leading them astray was not the one they should have chosen
1: like yeah
0: I just I didn't see anybody really wanting to be with him unless they're really hard up true that was, that was my thought but but as far as film goes it was it was entertaining I don't know that I'll ever watch it again I love Kevin Bacon but he's just, he's not been impressing me here much lately because I was I really did not like you should have left which was the last horror film that he did I just didn't care for that film at all. I found it very boring and very bland and the story didn't really compel me anything. anything. I was really disappointed in it. But this one, I was a little bit more invested in it, but I'm not thrilled. So, But like I said, it is on Peacock for those of you who do want to watch it and see what we're talking about. And I do believe it's worth watching one time. And that brings us to the one we couldn't remember earlier is Prey. The, and the reason I couldn't remember it is because, like I said, this was not one that I was planning to watch. And then I heard from all these sources how good it is as a Predator sequel or prequel. And I was like, okay, I'll watch it. Um, first up, IMDb, 7.2 out of 10 after 105,000 reviews, Rotten Tomatoes, the tomato meter. Two hundred and thirty-two reviews, ninety-three percent. So, like I said, heard very good things. Yeah. I score after twenty-five hundred plus ratings, seventy-eight percent. It's IMDb says it's the origin story, but it's not the origin story. You don't have any origin to the Predators. It's maybe the first time they ever showed up on Earth,
1: and yeah, it wasn't an origin story. It, it, to me, it would be showing where their mother planet was coming from but it didn't
0: and it's it's a simple plot i mean you have the predator shows up on earth and starts preying on the people around and a lot of native american or american indian whatever you want to call them because they're not really native to this country and there's the frenchman and the, the predator goes after and
1: yeah, the French settlers that, that came over on the boat, the, they were just assholes in the movie. No wonder, you know, you know kill them. So.
0: The one big selling point to this was the vast majority of the cast was American Indian, Native American, whichever you choose to call them. And you don't normally see that, but they actually cast true-to-life people.
1: Really, they were real um, yep. Native Americans. Wow.
0: Yes, and I'm I'm wanting to say seventy five percent is what I saw along the way somewhere. I can't remember the the actual, but I mean even the names. You got Amber Mid Thunder, who was the lead. Dakota Beavers, Stormy Kit, Michelle Thrush, uh, Julian Black Antelope, and then you have like. Dane de Liegro as the predator. And I will say this movie took forever to get going. Like, it's what, an hour and a half, and the first 30 minutes, nothing really happens. It's basically the American Indians going out hunting, and that's all that you're getting at the first 30 minutes of this film. <clears throat> I'm going to go
1: ahead and say this. I was afraid there was going to be like subtitles in it because I don't know any American Indians that, or native Americans give me that spoke English. They spoke their own native tribe language, but they were blending their tribe language with Eng- English, which I appreciated that. It's kind of keeping it real, but I was expecting a lot of subtitles with their Indian language, if that makes sense. So,
0: Well, I don't, I didn't really like the blending. Of like, What's the point? I mean, if you're going to if you're going to have their native language, why not subtitle it? Like the Frenchman? Yeah. Nothing the Frenchman said was translated.
1: No, you couldn't understand a word, what they were saying.
0: And I mean, it might be so you're getting from her perspective, not knowing what they're saying, you just get the words coming out of their mouths and the way they're saying them. Okay, Chris, about the movie.
1: The the predator was not initially after her.
0: That it predator was...
1: that what gets me that predator had so many opportunities to kill her.
0: Well, they didn't. That, that is explained in the film, but I don't want to give that I away. Know
1: that, but she could have walked away and just left, and they could have went their separate ways.
0: But see, that was what the first 30 minutes of the film was showing you, was that's not the kind of person she was.
1: Yeah. But she had the opportunity to do that. Yeah. But But she, but she didn't.
0: That was going against everything she felt. Yeah. And I do think this film would have done some money at the box office. I would not have paid to see it.
1: But well, there's a there's those diehard fans for the Predator films. Yeah. And I'll,
0: I'll, I'll, have, I like I would have
1: seen it. I would have done it because I, I like the Predator films.
0: I've seen Alien versus Predator. I don't know if I saw any after the initial one.
1: Yeah.
0: I saw the first two Predator movies, and I don't know if I saw any of the others. And of course I've seen most of the alien films, including Life which uh, Life was probably my favorite of them all. Yeah. Did you ever see Life? No. It's the one with Ryan Reynolds. It's it's not been the best reviewed, but I've really enjoyed it. It's the prequel Alien movie. And you don't really know that it's Alien until well into the film, if you don't know going in. I'll tell you what, the best Alien
1: film is the Alien 1 and 2 with Sigourney. That was just amazing films.
0: Well, I, was, I liked all the Alien films that I saw. Yeah. It's been a long time since I've watched most of them. And I know I've seen Alien, Alien 2, and Alien 3. I think I saw Alien 4, but I'm not positive. And I don't think I saw anything after that. Yeah. Because I don't think I watched the one with Winona Ryder. Was that 4? Or was that 5?
1: That would No, I don't want to her. That's whenever um, she was playing that robot with with Sigourney Weaver. And Sigourney Weaver was a robot, too.
0: I can't remember if I saw that one or not. I just remember Winona Ryder being in the Predator movie, and I remember how Ripley's character ended the run. Yeah. Which I'm gonna say for those who haven't seen it, but so I, I do remember that much but I don't know as there's there's several that I have not seen but seen a lot of them yeah and for me I wasn't as thrilled with this as everybody else was in the reviews like it was good after it finally picked up but it was never fantastic. I know some people say it's the best Predator movie ever made. I completely disagree.
1: I don't know about that.
0: But I mean, for me, probably the first Predator is the best.
1: With Danny Glover? No,
0: with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Jesse Ventura.
1: Oh, that was the first one. Danny Glover's in part two. And what was it? Danny Glover called it a pussy face?
0: (laughs) I don't remember. It's been a long time since I've seen two. Yeah, said, Get, come over here. i shoot you in your pussy face.
1: you guys?
0: <laughs> the, the thing that I remember, and partly because they played the clip on WWF television, that Jesse the Body Ventura is going through the jungle, and one of them says, you're bleeding. I said, Ain't got time to bleed.
1: Ain't got time to bleed. <laughs> that was the
0: first one. I, I, that one I will always remember. But... and I mean, it's... If you enjoy the Predator films, definitely watch this one. It's not a bad movie at all. I just, I personally think it was overrated by so many people. Like, I think they built up my hopes too much after I didn't want to see it. And then I was disappointed. Yeah,
1: I liked it. Will I watch it again? Maybe.
0: Well, I mean, clearly I'm not an avid Predator watcher, so I've not watched all the movies yet. And so I might watch them again. I might not. might be an interesting experiment to go back and watch in story order, like the prequels and then Alien and Predators and then Alien versus Predator and so on. Yeah. And watch them in story order. That'll be sometime down the road when I actually have more time Yeah, because as it is, I'm watching too many things at once.
1: yeah, I'm still plucking through stranger things.
0: yeah there was something I mentioned earlier that was directly tied to stranger things. I can't remember I was gonna point something out to you if you knew it but I, I can't remember what it was I had it was something I was talking about earlier.
1: I'm on season three, episode seven, or something like that.
0: There's, I won't spoil anything for you, but there was talk about Will throughout the series as it went along, and in season four, part two, they tell you that's the case without telling you that's the case. And I Don't. thought they did a really good job the way Shh. they did it. I'm not Don't telling tell you no Don't tell me anymore. No I mean, it doesn't really... If, even if I did, it doesn't spoil anything in the story. But it's just... It was... And it may be because of fan theory that it happened that way. But I, I did... I thought it was very faithful to the time period, especially the way they handled it. Yeah. So... I mean, that's one thing that show has done so well is getting the time period right.
1: And the music, the music's killer.
0: (laughs) It has Madonna in it! Woo!
1: Yeah, they do. It's like whenever they went shopping and it's playing Material Girl while they're trying on different clothes in the mall.
0: As I I mentioned, the thing you
1: missed. Wonder Woman comic book. I saw the woman. Now, that was on an episode. It was on that episode with her trying on the clothes.
0: Yeah, and, I knew they were both in the same episode.
1: And they were, sitting, they were laying on the bed. Um, the comic books were laying on the bed. I saw that.
0: But I've gotten people at work to go back and watch Stranger Things. and They're loving it. Although one of the nurses, I told him about it because he liked 80s horror films and such. He was disappointed. And I'm like, you are the only one. The hell! Everybody else has loved this show. Disappointed. Yeah, couldn't believe it. But it's like one of the most critically acclaimed series. It's like the most highest rated series on Netflix ever.
1: That and well, the highest rated one is actually um, what is I think it? Is it
0: passed Squid Game.
1: Huh.
0: I think it, it ended up passing Squid Game. Um is
1: um, what's the dude? It's, he's got the drugs and stuff. Oh,
0: I have no clue what you're talking about.
1: It's eight seasons of it. Um, 22 episodes in each season. Ozark? No. I'm going to go blank for
0: a second. I don't know what you're talking about, but, but anyways, just to recap, a few best men. I do not believe you can stream anywhere without paying for the film. Uh, Arthur and the Invisibles was free with ads on multiple platforms. Secret Headquarters is part of Paramount Plus. Uh, they slash them is part of the subscription to Peacock. And Prey is available with subscription to Hulu. And Paul is still looking up, so I will say that next week we will be watching She-Hulk: Attorney at Law first episode for sure, and then whatever Paul picks. But She-Hulk premieres tomorrow on Disney Plus, so we will be reviewing the first episode of that. Are you back yet, Paul? Or no?
1: Freaking bad.
0: Oh, that wasn't. That was not a Netflix show.
1: It is a Netflix show. It's on there. No.
0: That is a amc show that's on netflix well it's their number one on netflix it's their
1: number one on netflix of all time
0: it's not a netflix show i'm talking Netflix original squid game was number one of all time stranger things came along and knocked it out i'm
1: talking about being streamed on there i'm talking about being streamed on netflix
0: I was talking about original Netflix shows.
1: Oh, no, I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about the overall whatever has been streamed on Netflix. That was Breaking Bad is like number one.
0: And what, what really surprised me when you said that was I'm thinking Netflix originals, and the longest run show they had on Netflix was Grace and Frankie at seven seasons. Yeah. That's the longest running Netflix original series.
1: Well, this one's got eight seasons. So, but.
0: But, but anyways, did you hear me say the She Hulk attorney at law will be I our can,
1: Yeah, I can hear you. You just can't hear me. I get black on my so I can hear you.
0: Do you have a pick yet or you're gonna be last minute like always?
1: Um I haven't really been keeping up, so I'll I'll, so I I'll figure something. I don't
0: know out. if there's anything else brand new this week. So like I said, I'm waiting for Elvis to hit HBO Max before I watch it, and there's no date announced yet. But, okay. And if nothing else, if you get the chance to watch a few best men or something, we can rediscuss it, revisit it, see what you think. Okay. We'll see. But anyways, that's that's pretty much all I've got. Do you have anything you want to add?
1: No, not really. Um Uh, COVID is spreading like wildfire. There's several people at my work who's been out with it. One of them was out sick, never got the vaccine, and he still looks like he's gray.
0: And that's the problem, is people thought the vaccine was a joke, so they didn't get it.
1: It did a number on
0: him. Even people with the vaccine are still getting it, but they're not getting anywhere near the issues from it. Nope. I wish I'd have had the vaccine before I got it because it might have helped tremendously because I still think I have some effects from long-term COVID. Yeah, I, I, think, COVID. I think you got
1: COVID, then I got COVID right after you.
0: Yep. But I didn't give it to you. I know, who get,
1: I know where I got it from. It's when my brother died at the funeral home. It was everyone was required to wear a mask but so, but my family, my my brother's sister in law's family was Trumpers and still are, and it's like, no, we don't want no one to wear mask. We did it. So seventy percent of the people coming through the damn line didn't have masks on, and they were breathing all over me, and I had a mask on, but still, yeah, it just didn't help me.
0: And since, since you mentioned Trump we didn't talk about it yet, how does he still have such an effect on people that they still believe everything he says when he keeps getting caught in lies and the FBI raid found that he had illegally taken classified documents and stored them at Mar-a-Lago? 22, how,
1: 22
0: cases of them. How do they still support
1: him? They don't care. It's Hitler. It's the Hitler mentality. They don't care.
0: Man can't do no wrong. It's a, it's right now, it's a cult. And, and let me just tell you, because we didn't mention the Beto O'Rourke thing, I don't approve of Beto O'Rourke using the language like he did in front of children. Well, it was, it was in front of children. It was a public speaking, but I understand where he was coming from. However, I defy one person that's a fan of Trump to fault him for it. When the let's go Brandon was elementary school code for F Joe Biden. And when there are flags being made saying F F. Joe Biden and flags that are being made, uh, because I saw it at a restaurant last week, Trump, Twenty twenty four. F your feelings. So if you have no problem with it with Trump, you cannot say a thing about Beto O'Rourke using that word. Plain and simple.
1: I'll be so glad whenever I. Uh, I can't say it, but you know what I'm thinking, and I'm not going to say it. But
0: well, I don't really know what you're thinking, but you can tell me off air because.
1: So, well, let's wrap this up.
0: Okay, well, next week, She-Hulk, for sure. There's only one episode premiering, to my knowledge, so it will only be 30 minutes to probably 45, 50 minutes long. Okay. So that and whatever Paul decides to pick, since I did bombard him with three this week, I'll let him pick something on his own this time. But I figured with the, the ones I picked, that you would probably enjoy at I like, least one. I liked them pretty good. And they were new films, so it wasn't like it was something dredged from the past to watch but but anyways until next week goodbye everybody goodbye